The Hungry Road, produced by Barbara Flood, with the assistance of the Mary Rafferty Journalism Fund. Uh, I came from Afghanistan to Iran, and from Iran to Turkey, from Turkey to Greece, Greece to Macedonia, Macedonia to Serbia, Serbia to Hungary, Hungary to Austria, Austria to Germany, and then France. But the worst journey we had was uh, in Hungary and uh, in Iran, Afghan and Iran border, and also Iran and Turkish border, and the same in when we were crossing Turkey to Greece, our dinghy was drowned. So we were like 74 people, person in a dinghy, and the waves was too high, and uh, yeah, the dinghy was full of water. So it got drowned, and the engine stopped. So for our luck, there was someone because we were near the Turkish shore uh, around 150 or 200 meter there was a car who stopped maybe civilian someone who called the police and, and the police came with the boat and with the cars and they just saved us for the second time we tried so we crossed for the second time and uh, in Hungary, when we were asking someone to where is the train station or where is the bus station, all the people were very rude. They were not ready to tell us anything. So they were just like, keep going. No, no, th that's their response. If you, if we were asking someone, where is the train station, sir? Excuse me, can you tell me where is the train station? They were just telling us, no, no, that's it. And when we came here, we were thinking that we will be soon in UK or somewhere, you know. But uh, it's for the last month, for the last eight months that I'm living here, I'm trying every night except like weekends. And I never succeeded. I have seen many bad things like people died in my front, people hit by trucks, people hit by like trains. And I can't remind those stories if I remind those stories. So it's a bit like for me not I have cried <laughs> so I'm trying to go to UK there was a threat to my life my dad was killed by ISIS in Afghanistan and I was also about to kill by them so I left Afghanistan to come here like to be alive that's why I came here and I don't have a contact with my family for the last five, six months. I don't know, are they alive or they are dead? And these are the things. What to tell more? Did you think things would be different when you got to France? When, uh, yeah, I thought when we get to France, um, things will be better, will get better. So when we are when we we came here when we saw the reaction of these CRS and police and also the civilians some of the civilian French civilian they are bad they are too much bad than Hungarian people Hungarian police and things because they are beating people they are like the CRS they're beating they beat us they beat my friend like the people who are dying or because of them because if uh, like if it's been 10 or maybe 15 days that uh, an Afghan guy was killed why he was killed it's there is a reason behind that story that because 
he was running from the police and when he crossed one motorway and when he get to the other the truck hit him and he died this is the reason and there was another guy who, who was black i don't know who was from sudan where he was from he was from sudan or maybe eritrea or maybe from ethiopia uh, he was also running from the security in the euro tunnel they were letting dogs after them that's why they're running from them and when he was crossing the train tracks he was hit by the train the train which was coming from england he was hit by that train that's why he died at the same day another black guy is also died by the train another uh, there was there was three deaths on that day one was afghan and the two guys i don't know where they were from and also there was a sudani guy who who died like a month ago he had like bp heart problem and doctor prescribed medicine for him and i heard this story from his friends that he was not taking medicine because he was too long here like maybe a year he tried a lot and he was telling to his friends i want to die i don't want to stay here in france i tried a lot to get to uk to reunite to my family with my family but they're not letting me so it's better for me to die these are the stories the bad things Barbara, I can't tell anymore. My, my ears become wide in here. I, I do a color. Because too much thinking, too much thinking, believe me, like, we don't have a proper place to sleep. We don't have a proper food. We don't have a clothes. We don't have a nothing. We don't, like, we, we don't have any facilities in here. This is not a life, believe me. I, I don't, like... They don't like refugees, actually. Like we are all the same. You, me, all the same. But the different, the problems in here are different. Don't you burn, you're from Europe, I'm from Asia. There's a big difference between you and me. I was born in war. I grew up in war. So they think that I'm a tourist. I'm nothing. If I was tourist, why I'd I leave my country? Why I just come from there? I just come here for save life, for save life. My father died in Afghanistan. So like my family now, they are just looking to me, like they're telling me like, come on, help us. I say, mom, even I need a help in here. How I can help myself in here? Look, I'm, I, even I need a help. I just really believe me, I just lost my way. Like I, I'm confused what to do, where to go. Like completely I'm stuck in here. Because my mind is not relaxed, I have to think about a problem to find a solution for that now. All the time, like, how, what should I do? How to go to England? Like, oh my God. And this is like, look, England is 45 minutes far away from us. Sometime I'm going to beach side. I'm standing for a while and looking to that side. I say, wow, look, there's only water between France and England, like water. My dream is in that side. I cannot make it. I'm here for 10 months. I've did lots of things to go to England. Believe me, I did lots of things. I was beaten by police many times in, in train station and 
like they treat me very badly spray on my face many times they would beat me it's okay but we it's okay we don't we don't we will never give up if they will if even they will kill us we don't some few some few months ago have you heard about fascists there was everybody was scaring oh my god there was one guy he was beaten by beaten by fascists two guy as i want to say that to the all those countries like that they it's like time to wake up everyone is asleep now french people everyone like they are at home they have electricity they have good life everything they really don't know what's going on exactly in here they, they don't understand me they don't understand my feeling when they will come here when talk when they will come and talk with us so they will know what's exactly going on in here look 10 months this place is like a prison i was computer mechanic in my country like i love to repair i love to make i love to create something new but in here nothing just all the thinking what to do what to do i really have to do something nice and because of that i start like start build taking pictures playing guitar and this thing i want to make my day busy with this thing if if this thing will not so i will be i will go crazy straight away i will go crazy they think that we are we are like zombies like we are animals we are not we are all the same we are like if we were like if you were bad people or something that we wasn't coming from we was happy in there to fight with to fight to take a gun to shoot someone no here everyone is come here for the peace for having a good life if you will walk around the jungle if you will ask each person in here why you come here for and you will what you will listen they will they will tell you one question answer you just come here for having a good life for like save life nothing else do you know police sometimes they shoot by rubber bullets rubber bullets tear gas watering like nowadays they bring a fire engine so i'm not crazy to stay in france i'm not crazy i was it i'm in france like i i become crazy i'm thinking if i will claim asylum in here i'll be completely go crazy in this cold in this windy no money no nothing many people were dying here many many people were die my friend died in front of my eyes my friend died in train station so many people young people died because of him and why so even my mom is sick i really need to i i, I was the young of i was the older of my family like big brother and my mom is sick i just leave everything and there i just come here for having a good life when i will have a good life i will i will send my money to home they will they will just their life will be good i love to work and send money because if i will not, if i'm not qualified that's okay i want to make my brother's future bright like even my family if i didn't study this okay i want to do something for my family and even for myself in here like nothing 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 just in my journey eight months long way long way we accept and how hard we people that this like we cross 10 countries by feet without food 
prison oh my god long journey desert jungle like oh my god we we faced many difficulties in way many many difficulties in way like so it's okay it's life life is going life is passing but we don't have to give up mama put my guns in the Muhammad Reza. From Iran. From Iran. How long are you on Congress? How long are you on Congress? It has been 13 days. 13 days of no food. No food. Uh, as you can see, their lips are seven. So how they gonna eat food? Is also issue I'm not eating generally. He said because of the demolishing their houses, the police and the violence, the fascists attacked and they're not feeling safe here. So because of these things they want to, they, they decided to be on hunger strike and send their lips. Mm -hmm. He said the jungle is, as we, the camp they call it jungle, you know, it's not a place to live. At least they leave, but the police that they're not like uh, taking care. The, the France or the United Nations they should reach to their wise what the demand is. They should look after the refugees, and they're not. They should. They didn't expect that will happen in France, but as you can see, they demolished their houses and. He just want a human rights. What's the human rights? He want human rights. He said this is nothing special for themselves, the guys who are on hunger strike. They're thinking about the whole camp, the kids, family, women, and they want everybody gonna have a better life. No, they did the hunger strike not for themselves, for the sake of the whole camp, for the sake of the children, women, and elder people here so he wants everybody should treat really well as a refugee what the rights are unfortunately there is nothing being delivered what's been promised when they <coughs> threaten you i can understand police have to use force i cannot understand but i know they obey orders but they they don't have right because we were so quiet and just protect the shelters and they begin to to throw gas to threaten people to hurt people everybody was scared there was child there were children and families and everybody was there you know i cannot understand i try sometimes but i cannot understand how how they can do that I think we're gonna, we have to, yeah, to, to protest about this, this way of thinking they're only group, they're all the same, and no, they are like you, me, I'm different for you, of you, but we are just the same, yeah. Some newspapers are 
against you you can feel they are against refugees because they use words very violent sometimes or very critical against refugees but it depends of the new papers you read <laughs> but people are addicted to newspaper that's why lots of people in Calais, Gravelines, Dunkerque just read newspapers and don't check if it's true if it's not true they believe all the newspaper articles so do you want to do an interview no why because it's not working it's been like five months i'm here in the jungle i before there was a lot of correspondence they were like hundreds of them there every day they were coming here but it's not working this media thing yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it's just wasting. They just take their money and working here, and you didn't just show it in the TV. That making is interesting story for the people, and that's it. They just show it for one hour, like half an hour. People were just watching it. It's not working. It's not how it's going to work. It's a kind of horrible story. I can't forget this forever, all my life. That's I had. I had a great brother. He did everything. There's no difference between us at all. Just if I need anything. Because of the war, while Assad army attack my town, the, the army enters the, the town. Thousands of pound bombs. One of them hurt my brother, so his leg was cut after the knee. So the other one, it's it was in danger. So an ambulance. There's no ambulance, no doctors, nothing. Sofia Kaur took him to the hospital. Had the surgery, got his leg. The other one has surgery for it. Was in danger. The hospital, it's, it was in the other town. Not too far away, but it's not possible to move. He moved in danger to the hospital. Usually, when the the army entered any hospital and find any injured inside it, used to arrest them, used to kill everybody inside the hospital.
no investigates that's if see his is he a fighter or he's a severe one nothing so the hospital crew decide to move him to other point take care of him they moved him a lot of spies always point where the <laughs> clinics where the <laughs> injects are they caught him on the 19th of on the 13th of January 2012 I heard that he had a lot of punishment from them while they arrested him. From the 13th of January 2012 till now, no even one news about him. We don't know if he's alive he's dead every nation's bombing in Syria sending by troops by air force by I don't know that's a madness that's enough five years of war That's enough. No one tell me that it's severe war. It's the third world war. Indeed. Finish it. We need to go back to Syria. That's enough. Just like a gel became like a gel, Cali. Like a prison. Wherever you look, you can find just defense, just police. <laughs> Actually, may they have the right to hate refugees here, as French people from Cali. They made their town as a prison. Always worried about their stuffs. Uh, I changed my location in Syria in the wartime four times. Uh, My wife infected by shrapnel on her shelf by a mortar shell. I spent eight months between six and eight between six and eight months exactly looking after a good doctor to make her surgery take out the shrapnel. I couldn't find a good doctor in Damascus. 
Uh, I have two kids. Ten years old, seven years old. They moved from Syria before three months ago, two months ago. The booming in Damascus. Uh, they cannot stay there anymore. If we could change something, how we could make the people listen to us, how we could send them a message and tell him, hey, we are here, we have a great experience, we are not, we are not going to be a, a problem for you. Let's make our lives better, you and us. We could help each other. Uh, nobody ask us about our experience. They don't know who we are. They don't know anything about us. We're not looking after food or water. We are not animals. We could handle it. We lost our everything. We're just looking to Start again. The media related to to the power they control it by uh, politics. Also, so we used to open the turn on the TV and watch the news, read the newspaper, daily, and they actually, you read and you watch what they exactly want you to see and read and watch, so, uh, as we are Syrian before we have this experience, uh, in Syria for uh, 40 years ago we used to watch the news and read the newspaper and, and we exactly create our ideas about everything from the media and as a Syrian we used to receive thousands of refugees we share with them everything we share with them our house, our our food, our our opportunities, and work, and share with them everything. We didn't thought that there's someday we're gonna come out and we will gonna be our refugees. So 
as I know as a Syrian we don't call them revisions we call them human beings and if the European think that we are refugee we're gonna show them that we are a human being and we have names and we have a great history humanity and we have a great experience and we could make our life you and us is better and uh, and uh, the French and the English authorities they don't wanna they don't wanna listen they don't wanna show the the reality of the people here um, they keep showing the people that we are Our cases is nothing, and we don't deserve to to have a choice. They want us to be like the animals and die there. So simply, if we are not welcome here in in Europe, so don't send your air force to fight booming in our countries leave me alone politics destroy our countries politics destroy our future let's keep destroying everything English people or British people they are paying tax and they don't know where their tax is going to obviously I can say they are involved as well because they could even ask their government because they voted you know for them their tax the taxpayers you know their taxes been wasting by like weapons they're sending weapons they're sell, sending more troops to Afghanistan Iraq Syria so it's, it's a, actually even the civilians are involved if I'm not wrong you know because they are paying tax by that much money that amount of money you know the government is like torturing people you know killing innocent people as you can see all the taxpayers money comes to Cali you know and they're paying for the fences for the police to torture refugees so it's more more in England is more involved in France people you know they're talking about human rights human rights and they're saying that they are helping in Middle East we are just 30 miles away from them just in the middle of the Europe nobody's help us here how come they come miles and miles away to to go to Afghanistan to help there it's not obviously a help if they want to really help us we are here they should help us here obviously you know it's, I, I don't blame only France for doing such things it's all about England because they are paying millions and millions pounds to not let refugees into England and they're paying for fences for tear gas for any torturing people refugees I England is involved about this because I heard from 2009 up to now they have paid 900 million pounds for security for fences it's such a wasting waste of money if they spend 
just at least 10% of this money on refugees everyone gonna have a better life not suffer like as you see so it's all because of England they are paying that money to France not to let people in to England so and from last two weeks the French government start to demolish all the shelters and they force people to move from the south area of the camp to the north or to the container which they provided and, and they ask people to move to an accommodation which is south part of the France for 500 kilometers far from here and some people they are moving and some people they move to the to the container which is not enough space for all of the re residents which is 5000 residents here in the camp and the the container is only for 2000 people so the rest we don't know where to go and what are what are people doing uh, everyone is uh, just worried and co confused you know where to go they are lost to be honest and they were asking people if you if you leave your shelter they're gonna start demolishing and you can go in the buses or to the container the first day was okay and then later on the violence has started you know they were pushing people to to move quickly and then there were fires we don't know who did this but lots of fire been happen uh, during the demolishing so people has to 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 move because of the fire you know everybody was was thinking in danger their life i didn't expect that will happen so i will live in a tent or in in this situation in cold weather i didn't even expect this situation but it's life i'm still struggling I'm staying in France at the moment because to get to England or, or Ireland is too difficult, you know, because of the securities and the fences and they're really tight in their securities. So I've been trying like from last October, still I didn't succeed and I will stay in France. It's not my choice, but I have to. I will see, I cannot say anything at the moment because anytime I make a plan, it doesn't go right, you know, so. Uh, Satara? Sultana. When something happens, so we ask them from their feeling and what they are going to do future in future. And sometimes we're asking about really jungle and about what's our program. So what's our project? So we are talking about that. My last program was uh, just me, was about musician college session. So the another program after that is uh, both of us. It was uh, from our neighbor and that she is playing tambura and it's kind of songs and I have interview from that in general already, yeah. My last project was the Dunkirk project. Yeah, I just did it yesterday. Okay. Yeah. What conditions like up there? Uh, yeah, like the, it was the new camp, so it mm, we have seen that it's better than Jagger. Yeah. What are your hopes and dreams? <laughs> just have simple life and better than this. And my hope is that um, we can we can do our study after this jungle so we want to go back 
and now it's simple life. In future, I want to be a doctor. Yeah. Cool. How are you, sir? Journalist. Yeah, yeah. Getting loads of experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, will you tell me what age is your? Uh, I'm nine. Yeah. Twelve. Okay. Thanks, million. People are so adamant that they don't want their identities reduced down to a label, you know, that they're not a homogenized group of people, that they're individuals with hopes and dreams and ambitions and, you know, that they're the microcosms of the very diverse societies that they're coming from. Um, and I think we have to be very mindful of that, you know, in a legal context, if we need to use this terminology in terms of trying to, you know, accompany people in the struggle for their rights, we use them. But in terms of describing groups of people, there's, I think, a lot more um, respectful language to use rather than reducing people down, you know, to, to labels. I'd say my only advice to all of us, to myself, you know, continually, is just to be mindful, you know, to really put yourself, you know, as much as you can conceptually in other people's shoes if you are making this journey, if you were being humiliated on a daily basis. I think the importance of interacting with people who, you know, who are not part of states or governments, who are not part of, you know, sort of larger INGOs or agencies, but particularly for volunteers and for solidarity activists, that you interact from a position of equality. Um, and I think when that mindfulness is brought into the practice, you know, in terms of really trying to deconstruct privilege, um, which is a lifetime's, you know, experience and a lifetime's work. Um, but but also deconstruct our language. So being mindful of, you know, even referring to the refugees, you know, instead of, for instance, those seeking refuge or to the women, men and children on the move or, you know, it's clumsy. Like I, I, I'm still searching for language that I feel comfortable with and it is clumsy, but rather that, you know, than a label that, that people just feel is an experience. It's not their identity. You know, the, the, the experience of seeking refuge versus an identity as a refugee is, it's, I think, the, the the gap between that is, is quite, quite big. Yeah, because with love you can forget everything, I think. When you're here the first time you see that they live in a small shelter, they have no water, it's really dirty and everything. And with the time when we meet with them, and we sleep in the camp and everything, after that you forgot everything. You just want to stay with them and that's it. You don't know, you, you just drink any water, wash everywhere. You don't care about anything, just to stay with them it's, and you are happy. Because when a place is not good but people are good, you can forget about all it's wrong. Only my parents are alright with what I'm doing because my family watch a lot of TV and when they see, for example, in Germany a woman who was raped by a refugee or a problem in Macedonia borders and all of these stuff, they are scared because they're just listening on TV what they're seeing and we all know that TV don't say at all the truth. So they're scared. When you don't know something, you are scared about it. And I think with the time I'm I'm feel I feel bored when I'm with normal people because they're talking, talking and I'm listening only half of what they're saying. Because for me what they're saying is just not important at all. Talking about clothes, cinema, what we are going to do tomorrow. Oh, I'm bored, I'm annoyed, I don't know what to do tomorrow, I have nothing to do. Or, oh, today I bought a lipstick, 60 euro, oh my god, oh, it's not expensive at all. And me, I'm just here, I'm just sitting in my head, 
all my money that I have go to refugee uh, before I live well and now I'm just not eating a lot. I'm just making effort to collect all my money and pay my pet for to go to Calais. I'm just uh, trying to not travel because I want to go here. Six thousands in one day. I was there in their square when they become killing people. Six in the morning until five at evening. Blood everywhere. It's something unbelievable. I was lucky to escape again from Egypt to Europe. Of course, I cannot go with the plan. I walk to Libya. You know Libya. Three days, I'm walking with a lot of money. I fly from Libya. It was a dream to have your passport all this distance in the desert. And to go with this passport, we, I'm, I fly again to Athens. I stayed there two, three years. And do you know what is happening in Greek now? I lost my papers because I, I could not renew it. So suddenly you became without papers, without work, without your family, you cannot bring them. And this is the situation in Greece. And what the solutions, the plans, nothing. Just to try to go to UK because it's the only, the only, this is my reason. The only country have been accepted the asylum of the Egyptians. Before I came here to this place, I go to Sweden, Germany, Netherlands, Belgium. I lived two months in Stockholm. You can imagine to live two months in Stockholm. It's something unbelievable for the house, for food, for these things. I lost a lot of, of money. It's not to be in England or it's a big dream. No, no. Just to live in a place can accept your case and let you bring your children. Just it. And for me, it's very, very humanity. It's fair. It's something very great for me. Just to know that a European country opened a case of an Egyptian and decided to accept him. Just it. It's not necessary what is the name of the country. It's the point to know that there is someone in this world that care. I think historically, um, the amount of money invested in the respective uh, areas of asylum provision and 
border control show that there's been a heavy emphasis placed on border defences. So, for example, between about 2008 and 2013, the EU spent two or three times as much money on surveillance, fences, other forms of security as it did on um, the provision of uh, asylum reception centres and ensuring there were basic standards met um, across the EU. Well, I think in the long term, the only way that Europe will uh, successfully deal with the arrival of refugees is to create a system where resources are shared fairly, um, people are given the support they need when they need it, uh, claims are listened to and processed quickly and again fairly and that um, there's a, a good system in place to, to make sure that people get equal treatment all around Europe. Um, if that doesn't happen then we're going to continue seeing large groups of people who spend many months or years without um, proper documentation um, trying to make their own journeys around Europe um, in search of a better deal and that that's you know going to cause great hardship for them it will keep on um, also uh, exacerbating tensions with local communities and encouraging people to be hostile towards those migrants. My area was it was beside the jungle books. Now it's already all destroyed. With the we change another place. Do you want to get to England? Yes, of course. Why? Because there is uh, uh, first of all about language. I speak English a little bit. I don't speak France. I want to go there for better life. I like to go there. Me first, uh, I dreamed that when I when I out from here to England, and then I wanna be to uh, hotel management student, and after that uh, I'm circus performance. I wanna work with that learning and here we know we wanna stay here uh, until to go out from here. We wanna stay here. We want to stay in this border too. When we out, still, until when we out, we want to stay here. Why they destroy our home? After two months it will be finished. Why they did this? The France government. They are not good really. Yes, even three days before they make gas in the girl. Before they didn't do that. Now the police they did on three girls, three spray. This little one, the white one, the gas. The pepper spray. Yes, on her, and there is more too. They did. If the police do like this, gendarme they kill us with again. I think. There's everything is complicated, unclear situations. How can solve the problems for each single person? The jungle is as a black market. The people who have money, about 9,000 or 10,000, they can cross the border. Or they don't have a... I, I have seen a lot of people here, they are going to die, they are 
going to day to day crazy. Every single day. No good foods, no good lives, no good conditions, no rooms, no waters. Just nothing. As a wild life. I think it is not too difficult to take a decision over these people. Maybe there is 3,000, 2,000, or 4,000, 5,000. I think it will be in one month all they should. Uh, filterizations and f they will give the final decision for these peoples in such a European country it's unbelievable we lift my country from the one dangers I'm captured again to another dangers he said is it is it believable to be in the 21 century and uh, people in uh, European nations have been suffered 200 years ago, 100 years ago. 70 millions have been killed in the First World War and Second World War. And they know what is killing and murdering the innocents because of a lot of reasons, political reasons reasons between dictators themselves, between governments themselves, and how can they stop silence? Of course they are helping, but it's very, very, very little, more than what people need. When he came here, he think he did not come to the France. He want to close his eyes and forget that he came to France, because he think he is not in France. He can say it very clear, very strong. He came to the worst place in the world. And it's not a problem for him. Maybe it's not a good place or the Africans choose us to live here. But his problem is he was imagining a lot of wisdom about France. And he found nothing of this. He do not expect it's zero. He thought that maybe less than what he have been expected, but it's nothing from this. On the contrary, everything. Prison? Hmm. Shalom. I'm not saying it. 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 Caravans, which is a put containers, which is a gift to the people. I said it's like um, prison, but in in Arabic it's more than a prison. The the meaning. It's like when you you know in the prison there were it must be a lot of dangerous prisoners. You put them in a special prison. Top security. Yes. So the containers here is for the the big criminals. <laughs> it's not for refugees. He said it must be for big criminals. The way, the way they treat people. Yes. He said finally he hoped that um, Irish government um, take step a step towards the Syrians refugees, especially those who choose to go to Irish, to Ireland and uh, 
during his work is a lawyer the Dublin um, when the European countries make it they make it in Ireland so I still think that the idea about Ireland is the same um, uh, and uh, he think he studied the civilization of Irish people and um, their backgrounds about other nations he said they are not racism um, they don't put in their minds when they communicate with people the religion or the color and uh, this is the most important for him uh, that just put humanity what people don't think what people don't ask questions and what people aren't critical about the information that's provided to them are and also that people maybe are focused increasingly on themselves on their own unit their family their friends and not looking outside that to see how the good things that they have are often premised on the deprivileging of other people in other parts of the world. But of course, they're in the other parts of the world, so um, we don't have to think about them. So we're disengaged from them. And so the whole, the whole question of this so-called refugee crisis, I prefer to think of it as a crisis of, dis of displacement, it, it's, it's happening everywhere. It's happening in Ireland. We have people who are displaced from homes, homelessness. We have people who are displaced from society because of they're perceived to be different. Uh, uh, and we don't deal with these issues because they're not us. And then we have this mass displacement of people due to wars, due to um, totalitarianism, due to um, uh, radical viewpoints which are being imposed upon others. Many of these issues are due to things that, are, that, that have happened in the past and which our part of the world has been responsible for. But we don't want to know that. We only want to think of it as something which has happened recently. Because to think of what's happened in the past is to have to face up to the ownership of that and the pain that goes with it. One man said to me in last October, he showed me the wounds on his ankles they were healed wounds. They had been caused by a hot poker, a burning poker. And the man looked probably in his 60s, but he, I'd say he was around 50, maybe a bit younger. He looked old and he was pleading with me to take him out, out of there and bring him to Ireland. He showed me the wounds and he said he was held by ISIS for a month. And his words were, ISIS treated me like an animal and tortured me. Now I'm in Calais, in Europe. They don't torture me, but they still treat me like an animal. And others said animals are treated better in Europe. They have more rights than these people. I don't, I don't know what the answer to this. I, I can't come across any, come, come up with any answers to what what Calais is, uh, 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 sh what should happen with Calais. The only answer that makes sense to me is one which won't make sense to bigots, fascists, governments, European Union. And that answer is 
we must open our borders. And these people who are who are, who, who are in such anguish, pain, must be allowed to, to move into a space where they can experience humanity, experience other people, experience human rights, and have the opportunity, the real opportunity, in a situation of rights, to uh, um, um, make their cases. This is not just about Calais, this is about Ireland, it's about the United Kingdom, it's about Europe, it's about the world. It's about creating spaces for inclusion and diversity. There are immense similarities um, between our history, a history of, of colonialism, a history of wars, um, a history of pain, loss, land being taken from people, lack of food, disease and death. So the, the, the images that we've seen bring, back, bring us back to the images that are in our folk memory, which are in the memories of our grandparents, probably. That's how recent. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's, a, there's a very a, a striking resemblance between some of the things that were 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 being told about by the people who travelled, and the, and and what happened to our own our own country folk in the past, we mightn't want it to be. What mightn't want to believe that it, that that this has happened before, because if we do that, we come full circle and we realise that they are us and we are them. Everyone wants to like have a nice life and life is going good. Yeah. And here so hard life is in jungle. Everything is like difficult and everything and here if you want to go to shower and uh, in Salam you must stay two hours and maybe for tomorrow you can take your the ticket for tomorrow because more people are going. And and here also food stay for food one line to this <laughs> like in the jail. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you're looking to town, that's looking nice, and you're living like this place. And I think this is not good for mind. And you're feeling different. You want to live in here like this place? Hmm. Yeah. Never. Yeah, the hungry road. I can, I can, I can picture some people's stories, and they're like two fifteen-year-old old boys who left. They're Afghan boys who left Pakistan, you know, and traveling over the mountains and for days and days and days, walking to the mountains with no food, no water, literally watching people die, you know, passing them by. I mean, it's it happened to us in history. You know, it's happened to us before that we've had to, that we've starved to death and we've taken treacherous journeys to to live. It's, I've heard that story all, way too often from, from these people in, in, in Calais, you know, who've got that far and then they get as far as they are and it's a dead end, you know. It's like, the, it's the dead end, like it's horrible, you know. 
For more information about the people who spoke to me for this documentary, please go to yearningcurve.com forward slash The Hungry Road. The Hungry Road, produced by Barbara Flood, with the assistance of the Mary Rafferty Journalism Fund.